Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Thank you, Jonathan. Matthew Collar, Alex Boone back here. And uh, on Tuesday, Courtney and Alex had a debate session about the different teams that the Vikings could potentially face the playoffs, why you'd want to face them, why you wouldn't want to face them. And I thought we should do this more often, but we should add a little twist to it. So I'm calling this the two-minute drill, where there are three topics, and each person, myself and Alex, has a total of two minutes to argue all three topics. So if you go over, you lose automatically. It's like you've run out of clock in the two-minute drill, and maybe you kneel down instead of spike the ball. Not that there's a quarterback who would have ever done that by accident. Nope, that didn't happen. Uh, So you have to manage your clock properly, and if anyone follows me on Twitter, they know I am a clock management guru. Um, Or more of just frustrated by coaches who have no idea how to do it. Shout out Jason Garrett and Andy Reid. So, three topics for today. Let's start out with our first. Let's kick in some NFL Films music. The first one is, are the Patriots still Super Bowl contenders? And in this one, I am going to argue that they are not. You, Alex, are going to argue that they are. So, Jonathan, do you have a clock ready? Yep, you have two ready. total minutes for all three topics, so manage your time wisely to make your case, Alex, that the New England Patriots are still Super Bowl contenders. Go. Okay, number one, I'm going to tell you that they have the number one ranked defense in the NFL, and the guy running that defense is Bill Belichick. And not only more importantly, but his son Steve Belichick with the greatest mullet that I've ever seen in my life. That dude knows what he's doing. I should get extra time for that. But listen, that's not the problem. The problem becomes the offense. And I get what everyone's saying. Tommy's washed. Tommy's washed. Listen, I'm not a stats guy. Tom Brady has 23 NFL records in the playoffs. 23 NFL records, including the most touchdown passes, most passing yards, most games played. Hmm. That one seems the most important to me. The most games played in the playoffs. And not only that, but I think he has the best record of like 30 and 10 in the playoffs. So to him, the playoffs are just another game. You're talking about regular. Oh, he's washed. He's washed. He's just walked his team into the playoffs at having one of the worst offenses. And not only that, that's where he does his best work is in the playoffs. And so does Bill Belichick. So listen, whether they're on the road, whether they're at home, you know you're going to get a team that's like, listen, this is, this is just a noon game, right? We're good at noon. We'll, we'll play it at noon. We don't need it to be at night. This is just another day for us at the park. We're trying to get to the big dance at the end. So, yeah, I think that that'd probably be one of the last teams that you would want to play in the playoffs due to... You know, the veterans on the team, their experience in the playoffs, and who their head coach is. 
Did he make it under two minutes? That was, uh, you have 41 seconds left. I don't even need two minutes to tell you how great Tom Brady is. I just did. (laughs) Okay. You just have to stay under two minutes. That's what you have to do. Two minutes or less, two-minute drill. Okay. I'm going to argue now that the Patriots are not still contenders. Let me throw up a key stat here. Tom Brady. Thomas. Jay Brady. No idea what the middle name is. 86.5 quarterback rating. That is behind the likes of Kyler Murray, Jacoby Brissett, Gardner Minshew, Carson Wentz with no receivers. Derek Carr is way better in terms of quarterback rating than Tom Brady. And I know quarterback rating isn't everything, but here's the issue that Tom Brady has with this Patriots team. He has no wide receivers. And guess what? There's this six foot six tight end who made the NFL 100 list who kind of helped Mr. Brady into his later years all the time. Gronk. Just throw it up to Gronk. He'll bring it in. He'll run over six guys. You get a touchdown. Tom Brady's a genius, right? How about that AFC championship game? Driving down, trying to get the game-winning score. And who does he look to? Rob Gronkowski. Well, guess what? Rob Gronkowski isn't here anymore. Yes, they do have the number one defense. But guess what they can't do now? They can't film the other team's sideline now. Because they're going to get caught again if they try it. So Belichick's defense... A little more vulnerable. Plus, they've been playing that AFC East schedule, which, I mean, woof, right? Like, they've faced a lot of bad quarterbacks. When they get to the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes is there. There's going to be a lot of good quarterbacks to face. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it without their own good quarterback play. And when they get a little bit exposed by some of the great quarterbacks, just like Deshaun Watson did when they played Houston. Did I make it in time? You had 27 seconds. Okay. Yes, you did. Jonathan? Make your ruling. Oh, Who man, had the this better is a case? tough one. I mean, Boone started off with mentioning the greatest mullet of all time. Outside of Mike Gundy down in Oklahoma State, who's got just mm. a luscious mullet down there. Mm. Mm. But the whole film... Steve Belichick's mullet is unreal. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. It's unreal. It is, and he answers questions like, is that, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, mm. uh, I guess so. Linebackers are going to try their hardest. I'm going to give Caller the win here. Sorry, (laughs) Boone. God! Tom Brady's not having the best of seasons. Now, granted, he didn't need to have the best of games in the Super Bowl last year because their defense just came through. But the whole not being able to film the other team thing is probably going to hurt a little bit more than most people would imagine. (laughs) You are cruel for that, but that is so... (laughs) Like, Dude, I just want everybody to acknowledge the balls on Bill Belichick to be like, listen, go do it in front of everybody because then they're going to think it wasn't us. (laughs) Like, how smart was that? You have to think like Bill, guys. Stop thinking like your fans and start thinking like, if I was the greatest ever, how would I do this? Well, I would do it and then blame it on you. The the great part, too, about the video that leaked is just how dumb the guys sound. You're like, these are the two... Geniuses that you sent to tape the sideline. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. All right, we continue in the two-minute drill. We have two minutes or less to answer each question. Um, our next topic, of all the potential jobs that could be open this offseason, Jacksonville's is the worst. I'm going to argue that it's the worst. You are going to argue that it isn't the worst. I will yes. start on this one. Um, you just had to fire Tom Coughlin, all-time legend, because <laughs> he couldn't stop finding people for stupid stuff. He fined Leonard Fournette for sitting on the bench when he wasn't playing. 
I mean, is this like college where they tried to get Ed Oliver not to wear a jacket when it was cold out yep. on the sideline? I mean, what is this? Tom Coughlin throwing it back to 1986 with the way he's handling players. Now, he's going to be gone, but here's the biggest issue. You do not have a quarterback. Gardner Minshew has looked okay at times, really bad at times. Strikes me more of a journeyman backup type. And Nick Foles, outside of the great moment that he had in the Super Bowl, but outside of that, a pretty darn mediocre quarterback plus he's under contract for a lot of money so do you want to go down there to an organization that is looked like a mess for quite some time now especially since they were in the nfc championship it's been all downhill from there with a quarterback locked in who you can't have him carry you anywhere and now the nflpa says don't sign with you so good luck getting all those free agents to make your life better jacksonville i'm gonna have to pass did i get in under two minutes yes he did okay Alex, you have to argue that it's not the worst place. Not even close. Dude, they just fired him. They got rid of the guy causing all the problems. I'm going to tell you a couple places that are worse. Number one, Washington. You know why? Because the owner. The owner's bad. Bruce Allen's bad. They're all bad. And not only that, but you got a quarterback that you just took in the first round last year that might not be the quarterback that you really want to take into the future with you. Now, I get the Urban Meyer thing. I don't believe that for a minute. I don't think Urban would be a good fit in the pros because when you're a college coach, you can't be a good pro coach. Because pros don't care. Dude, I don't need to go to study hall. I don't want to go to class. I'm going to go home and be a dad now. Leave me alone. But even another place to think about, what about Cleveland? Talk about the dumpster fire dysfunctional city right now. They are so pissed. Wow, look at you doing anything to win this two-minute drill. Dude, I'm pissed. Let me tell you why. You're going to have to go there, right? And you got to deal with John Dorsey, and you got to deal with Jimmy Haslam and his wife. Like, she's in there making decisions with you. And you're going to be the head coach. Like, listen, guys, I'm the only one that actually knows what's going on. Why don't you just sit back and be like, no, there's my team. You see it every year with these guys. Ownership always jumps in the way. Here's another one. Dallas. Dude, if you take that job and you don't win the Super Bowl within year one, you might get fired. That guy is pressing right now to win a Super Bowl. The pressure of taking that job alone. And then think about it. One of the things that you always want to do is be able to bounce ideas off a lot of people, right? Never be the smartest guy in any room. Well, imagine having to report to your GM and your owner and it's the same guy and be like, listen, I need you to take that hat off and put this one on now, right? Like, we need to do this. No. I'll go ask the GM. Oh, wait, you are the GM. Seconds. Okay, so I am pretty much anything you say goes, I have no control, and I have to run this the way you want me to run it. Okay, so that would be a dream job for anybody. You're right. Whatever he wants to do, we'll do. All right, Jonathan, you're ruling. Who made the better case? Boone, did you just try and argue that Dallas was a worse job than Jacksonville? He Maybe. just included it. Included it in the fact that you might have I to. I don't know. I'm going to have to give this one to You're playing the owner and the GM. One. Uh, no, that I one s- kind of ruined your whole argument there. I'm sorry, He buddy. was doing pretty well with the Dan yeah. Snyder bit, though. Yeah. That was smart, going after Dan Snyder in Washington. Oh, I had you, to. I can't stand him. But then you included him. the Cowboys, which. I don't think you guys understand you how hard that is. you offensive coach in there. Wait, wait, wait. Who, who's hiring people? Jerry Jones yeah, is. You're not hiring people. It, that's the problem. You're the guy. Like, listen, I want these guys. He's gonna be like, listen, it's I don't not like worse that than guy. Jacksonville, though. No. It's just, it's just not. No, it's not. I'm you not get, saying you get it's a worse good than quarterback Jack- and lots Washington of Washington is worse than Jacksonville. Yes, for Washington sure. is worse than if Jacksonville. You, Absolutely. If you had left it at Washington and Cleveland, then I'm you leaving it won. at Washington. I'm leaving it strictly <laughs> at Washington. Hey, you don't have to use all two minutes. Like, you can go down and score. You don't have to worry about the clock. Um, well, all right. So, I guess, I guess you're gonna give that one to me because he botched it. But still. 
You started out really well and should have just said, Washington, I'm done. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's all you would have said, just one word and you're done. For our third topic, even though I have taken the victory here two out of three, uh, if you had to pick Aaron Rodgers or Kirk Cousins to win, win a Week 17 win and in game, which would you take? I'm going to argue for Cousins. Alex is going to argue for Wash D. McWashterson, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> You have two minutes. Alex, argue for your boy, Aaron Rodgers. I already lost. I'm taking Kirk. Let's go, baby. Let's do it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I, listen, Aaron Rodgers, he's in one of these guys. You give him the ball. And, yeah, I get it. Like, there's times he looks really scattered and out of control. But you talk about a guy that throws the Hail Mary better than anybody. You give him more than 10 seconds, and it could be trouble for you. He can still do it on the field. At times, yeah, he looks scared. But, man, no. That guy with the ball at any amount of time, no timeouts, doesn't matter. Put five guys in front of him. They don't even have to block for him. He'll just run around a whole bunch and throw that ball up there, and he can still put the ball where he needs to. Come on, let's not – he's not that Washy McWashington. He's still kind of leading the <laughs> NFC North right now. Like, we can't say that about the guy leading the North. Like, uh, guys, you know, he's still kind of the dude. So, I mean, he's still a great player, but I think, you know – Personally, a lot of it rides with the with the run game, but I mean, there's no there's no question he can still put the ball where it needs to be. All right, I'm going to make this case, even though it's a hard one to make, since Kirk Cousins' Week 17 career has not been super impressive. But that's small sample size, friends. And Gary wasn't around <laughs> when that happened, and Delvin wasn't around, and Diggs wasn't, and Thielen wasn't. This is a Kirk Cousins who has had several opportunities this year to completely fall apart. And aside from some losses, which you will lose games sometimes, Drew Brees lost 48-46, to and then he lost to Atlanta earlier this year. Sometimes bad things happen. Um, but this is a more confident Kirk Cousins. This is a guy who seems to be playing with a little bit more edge and a little bit more uh, DGAF, if you are on the Internet. You know what that means? Um Right? Like, you just, just a little more looseness to Kirk Cousins and the fact that they can design ways for him to have time to throw the ball. Anytime he has time to throw the ball, he is golden. And that's why he's put up numbers that are just way better than Aaron Rodgers. So if you lean on the numbers, Kirk Cousins is your better quarterback. I'm going to say take him week 17 over Wash DJ Washerson. Wait, Kama, what was W? What would you just say? That was D G A F, and don't try just to type it into it. Urban just, Dictionary. Yeah. Don't say it on air, please. Don't oh, well. give. I don't want to have to dump. Okay, I don't, I'm not on the internet. I have no idea. Yeah, what you're that's probably for the best. I'll tell you off air. All right, that's Jonathan. Uh, Boone's winning this one. I mean, you can spout your stats all you want about Kirk Cousins all this right. season, but. Dude. I was up against Aaron Rodgers has the history of being able to put the ball wherever he needs to in limited amount of time. I'm going to give this one Yeah. All right. Well, that is the two-minute drill, and I hope we can do this all the time where we I take some it. topics and then fun. we see if we can make the case. Uh, Seriously, though, question. Yeah. Had I not brought up Dallas, would you I have won, won today? Yes. God, yes, I, really, won. I really I'm so mad at myself yeah, right now. Dallas you just killed you. All you had to Washington. All you had to say was look at Washington. They're worse than Jacksonville. Washington has a young quarterback who might not be good. They have <laughs> no, the, mo- the, the most reckless and bizarre owner in sports. They literally misdiagnosed the guy's cancer. That's, you oh, could have just gone there. You yeah. could have been like, that's yeah. worse than fines. You almost killed Trent Williams. I wanted to. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that, I ruined it's, it's that, your guys. first go at the two-minute drill. But I, I enjoyed that. Uh, let's talk about the Packers defense. Now, I remember, Alex, you were driven absolutely. 
absolutely crazy in week two by how effective the Packers were at just running guys upfield, lining them up at the old nine technique way oh, out boy. there, sending them straight upfield and messing with the Vikings bootleg game. Well, the Vikings know that they're going to do that now. What's the ghost them. what's ghost the them. what's the adjustment? You ghost them. You're going to ghost them all day. Ghost cast promotions, everything. I mean, listen, if you're just going to continue to not fear something, we're going to make you fear. And that's when all of a sudden these sweeps come in and these jet sweeps and then these reverses and that's when you start playing with defensive ends. And then not only that, but we love love watching Dalvin on the outside. So why not get a couple people in there maybe in like a like a cross motion to come back and crack a defensive end, throw a few wide hiders in there to cut a few guys they just be like listen guys we want the defensive end on the ground every single time we run this wide hide got it got it good we are great those dudes are going to get chopped down like cherry trees baby let's go <laughs> uh, now if you're the packers though there's going to be an Ooh. adjustment i mean they know that you know that they know that yep. you can run somebody upfield on the bootlegs at kirk but Kirk doesn't necessarily need bootlegs to have effective play action. He's had successful straight drop back play action. Um, last week at the goal line, I loved the play that they ran, and it was great to watch on tape. They did a fake pitch. So they had C.J. Ham looking like he was a lead blocker, and here's Dalvin Cook at out of an eye formation fake pitch. And guy, a guy on the other side of the field started running at Delvin. And then Irv Smith is one-on-one, and, and he makes the play. I mean, they have been so creative with their play-action game that I think if they counter by saying, you know what, we're just not going to boot him out like that, that they right. can still be very successful. Absolutely. And it was one of the things that Terrence, I'm not sure if anybody caught that, but Terrence was talking about this when we brought him on, Terrence Newman. And he was saying, dude, play action. From when I came in the league, play action was a simple waggle. And that's what you guys see. Like everyone's just booting out. Now it's, dude, we can run play action off our power, off our counter, off our trap, off our zone, off our cutoff zone. We can run RPOs. Like these guys are so awesome to watch. And there's only a few OCs that are really doing this, like the Kyle Shanahan's, the Stefanski's, the guys that look at their offense and they don't just go, well, we're going to run simple waggles and a couple boots this week. They're like, hey, listen, we've been killing people with this counterplay. What if we run Dancer off of this counterplay. There's our 80-yard home run right there because everyone's going to suck up because what's the one thing they don't want to get beat? What what last team got beat on? Because then you look like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> like, hey, listen, yeah. the team before you just got killed on counter. If you don't practice counter all week, you're an idiot. Yeah. Offensive coordinator's like, well, we're going to start throwing passes off a of counter now. And it's it's that is when you start taking a defensive strength and you make them – the biggest weakness. and Because the, they don't know. Then all of a sudden everyone's playing really defensive. And is this really a run? I'm not sure. Then you're getting crushed on the counter. And you're like, okay, we don't even know anymore. We're just guessing. So to your point, I looked closely at the opening script that the Vikings used for last week. And they were using a lot of the jet motions and you know reverses to play off of those. So oh, yeah. on the first drive, they handed off to two receivers. They had B.C. Johnson go one way, Stephon Diggs go the other. And on both plays, even though they weren't hugely successful, Successful, the Chargers linebackers and their safety in the box kind of stood there like, are you really going to give it to that guy? Oh, I guess you are. But then on the second drive, they ran a jet motion and a fake handoff to Adam Thielen, and the outside linebacker jumped at it. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go get him. And then he was out of position. It took that guy, I think, or it might have been the safety. It took the safety right out of the box, and then it right. was a seven on seven, seven blockers on seven defenders, and they get a six yard gain on the ground. 
And it, it, the the little use of those details by Gary Kubiak and Kevin Stefanski, I think, have really made this offense. And the opening scripts have been evidence of that, that it seems like almost every one of these games that they're opening up 7 nothing. Absolutely. And that's talk about a hey, how are we gonna start this game? With the lead, baby. That's how you start any game. But you talk about these guys and a lot of times you think that like, oh, they're running a Casper motion or they're running a sweep or a fake sweep. Sometimes that's a lot of times to see what's the defense gonna do when we do this in the third quarter. They're like it's like they're pre-planning it, and that's how – because I remember when Greg Roman used to talk, he'd be like, listen, I want to see what these guys do with the Casper motion in the first and then in the second. Because if they don't continue to do what we think they're going to do, then we're going to start running reverses more. And then it's always to set up the next thing, or it's the, hey, listen, here comes Thielen running across really fast. Like, how many eyes are going to be on Thielen and not on Dalvin? You know what I'm saying? Like, it just for a split second, it holds the linebackers. And sometimes, this was the greatest, is when guys would do it to help the O-line. Because sometimes when you have that Casper motion or that quick fake sweep, the linebackers don't move. And the D-linemen do. And so it opens up a quick window for the guards to climb. And that's when you get a lot of your cutbacks. That was always a fun one. Because they would, or they would kind of take a few steps, and then they'd stop, and you'd just crank on them. And they'd be like, dude, what? What an idiot I am. I was like, yeah, you are. You're an idiot for thinking that we were going to give it to him. That's our tight end. Now, uh, can you explain? We've got hot routes coming up in a few minutes here, but I want you just to explain Kenny Clark because this last game against the Packers, I watched the film back, and Kenny Clark just annihilated the interior of the Vikings' offensive line. Now, they're going to have Pat Elfline in the game as opposed to Dakota Dozier, who was in for the last one. But Garrett Bradbury got picked up and thrown back into Kirk Cousins on a number of occasions. And if you're talking about how these teams match up and who has advantages in certain areas, as we enjoy doing, Alex, Kenny Clark alone is the biggest advantage. Like that one-on-one battle, he is so much more powerful than Garrett Bradbury. But also we get to see how much Garrett Bradbury has grown from week two. Which is going to be huge. And and. You know, I don't expect him to get picked up off the ground and anything like that, but when you're looking at matchups, like the outside, the tackles, it's not much of a matchup. Like week two, I was more like, man, this is a matchup. But now I feel like the tackles for the Vikings have been holding their own. So it's kind of like, listen, now we're going to look to the interior, and that's where disruptions can really happen. Because when something goes wrong in the middle, quarterback doesn't have a lot of time to get the hell out of the way. So that's why they try to solidify the middle as much as possible. But you're right. Kenny Clark is one of those dudes that when you go out there, you better treat him like he's the predator. Like you got to go out and punch him as hard as you can. Do not let those guys get started because he's a big talker. He's one of those guys that wants to get chirping early. You go in there and give him a bloody nose. He's going to be like, listen, dude, maybe I'm not about this life. Maybe I don't want to do this today. We could still win the division, and we could all just walk out of here with uh, you know being healthy. So if you go in this game... Be ready to go first play. Yeah, and uh, the growth of the interior of the offensive line, um, you were on offensive lines that played together a lot, and you were on offensive lines that shuffled around and had different guys playing next to you all the time. The continuity overall, since early in the season, you know, Klein missed some time and and Elfline missed a little time, but for the most part, these guys have played most snaps together, which during my time covering the team has been a rarity. It's usually, wait, who's playing left guard now? Wait, Rashad Hill is in, our buddy Jeremiah Searles, what's he doing out there? Um, This offensive line staying together, I think for a rookie and a guy playing a new position and another guy who just signed here, I think it's been huge to have them be healthy this long. Agreed, and I think that right now when you're looking at these guys, Josh Klein's a pro. 
Garrett Bradbury is growing as a rookie. Elfline, to me, is still the question mark. You know, you look at this last game against the Chargers, and I'm not sure how well anybody really broke it down, but they attacked Elfline a lot. And not only that, they went for that B-gap and that A-gap on the left side. So they were trying to get Bradbury in there, too, a little bit. Like, if you look, they brought Ingram up and put him over Elfline a lot. And a lot of it was twisting and trying to get them on different levels. And that's what the question mark's going to be going forward. When a defense looks at this offensive line, they're not going to be like, hey, let's go after Brian O'Neill. <laughs> they're not idiots. They know who the good players are. They're going to be like, listen, let's go after this left guard in the center a little bit. Let's go in there and twist him a little bit. Let's get him on different levels. Let's 5-0 him. Yeah, they've shut it down, and I think a lot of that goes to credit to Stefanski. Hey, listen. You have to be here at this time because this ball has to get out quick. Got it? This ball gets catched and released. And I, it, defenses go nuts with that because you can't defend against that. Mm-hmm. So they're like, dude, what can we do? Should we drop eight? Should we try and blitz the hell out of him? Well, I don't know. He's just going to catch it and throw it, coach. What do you think? Like, There's so many ways you can try and defend it, but there's really only one way to stop it, and you, you have to go out and do it. So people are going to try and give Elfline as much as they can, but Stefanski's smart enough to know, hey, listen, at times this ball has to get out, and we got to do what we got to do, so credit them. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we got hot routes. Jed Zolged, he heard there were hot routes and is banging at the door right now to get in. So some questions, and one related to the Vikings, uh, but also some others from around the league from today. So we'll do that when we return. Matthew Collar, Alex Boone here on a Thursday on Purple Daily. Whether it's Fred Meyer, Simple Truth Turkey, or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Fred Meyer has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. 